Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. and happy Wednesday. What a day it's been. We, we got some big news out there. I broke one about 10 o'clock this morning. I think everybody should take a look at. There was a letter released by James Comer, the House Oversight Committee Chairman, to the National Archives. And a lot of people are focusing on something that we already wrote about. James Comer mentions that there's an email that was released that shows that Hunter Biden and his lawyers and his people were coordinating with Joe Biden's office to create some messaging about Burisma back in 2015. And that, of course, contradicts exactly what Joe Biden said. I never coordinated my family. I had nothing to do with my son's business. Well, actually, you were. You were coordinating public relations with Hunter Biden's business partner. That's important. But we've written about that first in 2021, again in 2023. But down in the bottom of the letter, there was something very, very important, very, very eye-opening. What was that? Well, James Comer revealed that the National Archives a repository for a lot of Joe Biden's historical documents as vice president, is threatening to withhold evidence from Comer's committee on the grounds that they consider it personal. That's interesting because they don't consider Donald Trump's records personal. They've been leaking and reporting and releasing information on that, though they wouldn't give me, in fairness, because I've sued now, they wouldn't give me the uh, information on the declassified Russia documents. But the National Archives is this the beginning of a cover-up? Is this going to be the beginning of a court battle where James Comer's got to go to court? We're going to ask James Comer that tonight because he's going to be joining our television show. We'll get that on the show tomorrow. You'll have that as one of the main interviews tomorrow. But that's a really big story. Now, another thing we're going to break late tonight, you're going to get it early here, is long been wondered, how long has the government known or suspected there was something abnormal about Hunter Biden? and his business dealings and this money flowing from Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan, and China. I have long heard from law enforcement sources that the first concerns started in the spring of 2015. And the first place they went to was not the FBI, not the Justice Department, but the Securities and Exchange Commission. Tonight, I've been able to secure the evidence that proves that that occurred. Starting in May of 2015, Morgan Stanley Bank, where some of the accounts of Hunter Biden and his business associates were located, began to put together a presentation saying that they had suspicions about some of the transactions, some of the corporate structures that were being set up by Hunter Biden and his business partners like Devin Archer. One of them involved the tribal fraud. 
which ultimately Devin Archer got convicted in. It was a bond scheme. But the concerns were much larger. In fact, the presentation that Morgan Stanley created for its own internal review had pictures of Hunter Biden, his father, Joe Biden, and Barack Obama, showing that this was a politically connected, sensitive company. It also laid out some of Hunter Biden's past problems, including getting kicked out of the Navy, working for Burisma, which a lot of people considered corrupt. And it raised a lot of alarm inside Morgan Stanley, which was among the banks that would then go on and file these suspicious activity Reports, the SARS reports that Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley, and James Comer have talked about. But this presentation was much more consequential. It did lead to Devin Archer and some other business associates of Hunter Biden getting indicted in the tribal fraud scheme, though Hunter Biden wasn't nearly mentioned in that case. Prosecutors crafted a case around Hunter Biden. But then the main Morgan Stanley official that is in these documents, who drove the warning signs, who properly blew the whistle, under the Dodd-Frank whistleblowing laws, he went to the Securities and Exchange Commission on November 1st, 2016. That's right. Seven days before Donald Trump was elected. He went there saying that some of the concerns that he had aired in his bank had never been fully looked at. And he forwarded this presentation that Hunter Biden's photo was in. His background was in. The concerns about suspicious activity was listed. The Securities and Exchange Commission, according to my reporting, never got back to that SEC whistleblower. So much for the Dodd-Frank liberal whistleblower laws. If you don't follow up on a whistleblower complaint, what good is it? That is the story we're going to break tonight. You're going to get to see all of the documents. You're going to get to read them. The name of the whistleblower is redacted, but that's, you know, how the documents sometimes come. Whistleblowers sometimes can, can, can protect their identity. But whatever happened here, it's a significant event. And it's one that is going to show that the red flags about Hunter Biden were much earlier in the effort to protect, cover up. You know, I think Joe James Comer and Ron Johnson called a protection racket. It goes back much earlier why Obama was still president. That's what these documents show, and you're going to get to see all of that tonight. And because you're a John Solomon Reports loyal listener, you got it early. How about that? Always glad to do that for you. I'm so grateful for all you do to support us. Now, we've got a great show ahead of us. It is Wednesday. You know what Wednesday means? It's AMAC Wednesday. Yep. Our friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens are joining. This time, it's Bobby Charles, always one of the most thought-provoking wise men in Washington, a former congressional investigator, former clerk for a federal appeals court, and of course, uh, former assistant secretary of state under George W. Bush. He uh, raised a lot of uh, ears last week when people were talking, he was talking about a federal law that can be pursued against these prosecutors, accusing them of interfering in the uh, U.S. election by sidelining Donald Trump with prosecutions in the middle of the primaries. People said, hey, I wanted to learn more about that. Well, guess what? We're going to ask Bobby more about that. And then in the second pattern, the show, a good friend of mine, one of the great communicators and honest brokers in Washington, Mark Serrano, the founder and president of Proactive Strategies, a former campaign advisor to Donald Trump. He's going to give us some ideas about what messages are winning with voters and which ones are losing. By the way, Bidenomics is working. That's a losing message. Just go look at the polling. Making America safe and affordable again seems to be a winning message. He's going to walk us through that. Mark Serrano, one of the great communicators in Washington and really one of the all-around good guys. He's an honest broker in a city that doesn't have enough of them, I would say. So we're going to have Mark on in the second part of the podcast. Now, because it's a Mac Wednesday, I want you to join. Here's my call to action. I ask you, a lot of people ask me all the time, what can you do 
What can we do, John, to support your reporting and the work that your team does at Just the News? And the answer is support our supporters. We have great advertisers, great partners, great sponsors. One of them is AMAC, the Association for Matured American Citizens. You're going to hear from Bobby Charles in just a few seconds. You're going to understand why they're such an incredible organization. They've set up a special discount. You can join for one, three, or five years. I've joined for five, so match me if you can. For a few bucks, you're going to become a member of a community that is patriotic. That is common sense. That is looking out for the future of America with the wisdom of people that have lived in America for 60, 70, 80 years. It is the alternative to AARP. It is an amazing group. And if you match me today on a five-year membership, you'll be doing a favor for AMAC and saying thank you. Hey, thank you for supporting John and Just the News and all the great people there, Natalia Middlestat and Greg Piper and all the great reporters that you hear of on a daily basis by just joining that membership. And by the way, when you do the membership, you're going to make the money back. It has an instant return because you get these discounts on car rentals and hotel rentals and flights and insurance programs and you get new products and you get to join a community where you get daily news, a monthly magazine, and most importantly, opportunities to do civic engagement, good things for your country, like being an election observer, talking to your state legislator, talking to your member of Congress, talking to someone in the state house of a governor. That is serving your country alongside of like-minded people. You can do all of that by going to amac.us, amac.us slash just news. Go do that today and say thank you. It's an inexpensive membership that will pay itself back three, four, five fold. I've more than paid myself back for it in the first few months since I became a member. And I'm so proud to be there. So go check that out today. AMAC, good folks all around. All right, folks, a quick commercial break. When we come back, Bobby Charles up first, the national spokesman for AMAC and former assistant secretary of state under George Bush, former clerk to a federal appeals judge, and one of the most famous and impactful congressional investigators in recent American history. He'll be up with us next, Bobby Charles, right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, 
committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It's Wednesday, so that means it's AMAC Wednesday, one of my favorite moments of the week. We always get to talk to one of the wisest advisors and thought leaders at the Association for Mature American Citizens. And today we're joined, we're very lucky to be joined by my good friend, Bobby Charles, former State Department uh, Assistant Secretary of State, one of the great congressional investigators, served on an appellate court as a staffer to one of the judges, really, truly one of the great minds in all of Washington. And he joins us now. He's the national spokesman for AMAC. Bobby, great to have you back on. John, you're too kind. And uh, you and I could could do this uh, mutual admiration thing for a while. <laughs> Let's get down to the news then, I guess, right? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Well, we, you do such great work. And uh, like I said, I read you. I look every day. I can't wait to find what's new on AMAC. I get a lot of great journalism ideas from just watching the great work at AMAC. Let me start with something. I think a lot of people were fascinated by our conversation last week. And by the way, it really fired me up. I was thinking about like, this is something that no one thought of. There are laws on the books that prohibit election interference. And yes, there could be some prosecutions. There could be some civil action. It's a creative way to deal with something that clearly now, even people who are independents and Democrats realize, ah, this whole four indictment thing against Donald Trump's really backfiring. You been doing some more thinking as well. It seems like maybe the attorneys generals in these states could put their finger into the martini right now, couldn't they? Well, you're absolutely right, John. And and I guess the way I'm going to uh, unpack that question is to say that uh, I mean I was a, I was a, I was a, as you said a clerk on the U.S. Court of Appeals for a Reagan judge, and my mind drifts away from politics sometimes over into the purely legal approach to solving problems. And uh, the truth of the matter is that. These these four sets of indictments, New York, Georgia, and the two indictments that Jack Smith has has delivered against Trump, one based on really I think a breach of the Fourth Amendment and and what which is you know raiding his home and his wife's you know undergarment closet and everything else with a general warrant in violation of the Fourth Amendment, and then this idea that you're going to prosecute political speech, which really impugns every single politician that's probably ever lived. Uh, if you criminalize political speech, you know, they're either not going to talk or there's going to they're all going to be in prison. Uh, so these are unworkable approaches. And they are absolutely on the face of it. If, you know, a Martian arrived and said, this is the definite. We said this is the definition of election interference. And these are the facts. What do you think? Uh, nine times in 10, they'd say, yeah, this is this is plainly election interference. In fact, it lines up even against 
you know, you've got prosecutors seeking to nobble the Republican presumptive candidate who's got 60 percent of the of the support of the party. They're trying to nobble his his ability to participate in primaries by by lining up the briefings and the motion practice against the primary dates, which is, again, this is just prima facie evidence that this is a complete this is a complete crock. This is these are four three prosecutors bringing four sets of indictments intended to uh, at least diminish the power and the time and the capacity of a presidential candidate to run against the guy that they want to support, who is the current sitting president. So what do you do about that? You go to statutes like, uh, I think, 18 USC 595, which is a very plain vanilla statute intended, although they never imagined that uh, you would see such venality in in prosecutors. It is intended to keep everybody for anybody who takes an oath, uh, whether it's a, a prosecutor or a, or a or the dog catcher or a president. It's intended uh, to keep them uh, and incidentally any private citizen away from the idea of interfering directly in elections. And it even names very specifically presidential elections. So how could this roll out? The way this could roll out is you could have. An attorney's general, an attorney general or a collection of attorneys general, let's say from Florida, Texas and well, half the country, honestly, who say we are filing suit against these four prosecutors, these three prosecutors, these four uh, uh, actions being the the object of our of our suit, because you are in direct violation of the federal statute. You are uh, promoting election and in fact, personify election interference. And so you are criminally liable for what you're doing here to the American people. And how do you get jurisdiction? Well, you, you'd either need in personam or in rem jurisdiction, probably at least in personam to get further down the road here. And what you need to do then... The standing issue is always a trick, right? Wait, but, but what, yes, exactly. But what, I think you can make a really strong argument that these people, these, prosec- these three prosecutors are disenfranchising the people of my state from having a fair and open election in which both candidates are given the opportunity to make their cases without inhibiting their ability to campaign as as candidates. And in fact, you're trying to throw the opposing, I mean, this is what Putin just did to his candidate, his opponent. You're trying to throw your opponent in prison. So independent of the merits of these individual indictments, you can make a very credible case at least to stay all of these cases, uh, and it probably would have to go to the Supreme Court and quickly. What's the statute? You, you mentioned it last week. Could you just for people are listening because we got a lot of we got some scriveners are going to write this down and go research it because it's such a brilliant idea. What's the statute? Yeah, it's 18 U.S.C. 595. And the interesting thing is, if a collection of attorneys general brought a case against one or all of these prosecutors, and you'd only need to, to win in one of these cases in order to bring the whole house of cards down. If, if you brought these cases against one of these prosecutors or, or all of them, um, and you could probably in your state court system, you could fast track it and find yourself at the point of conviction faster than some of these cases will actually, these, these spurious cases brought by political prosecutors, faster than those cases will actually even get to conclusion. And then you could do a quick appeal directly to the Supreme Court I'm sure that the, you know, I'm sure the prosecutor would choose the course of trying to appeal to the Supreme Court. And you might very well find the Supreme Court saying, yeah, this even within the next 18 months saying, yeah, these are political cases 
that interfered directly with the 2024 presidential election. And this is something the founders would never have wanted to have happen. You're right. They would never. No, you're exactly right. People have been buzzing since you first mentioned this last week, Bobby, and we're going to do a little bit more research. I think it's a brilliant idea. I love, I love it. And I think it has a lot of potential. People are wondering, you know, what, what recourse do we have? We're, sort of, we're the victims, meaning the American people are the victims. They're not giving a chance to evaluate both candidates. You know, John, the way Trump is acting, and, and, and you know, there are a lot of good candidates in this mix, but the way, the way Trump is acting makes a lot of Americans feel not only, well, the way that the Biden administration is acting and these, and these political prosecutors who ran on the idea that they would put the political opponent in prison it makes people very uneasy and, and, and they do feel powerless. And so what's interesting is, I think, ironically, the reason that these indictments are helping Trump um, and he does need to be vindicated against these constitutional violations of his rights is that he is really the surrogate for a lot of Americans. A lot of Americans look at him and say he is standing between the people that want to take my rights away and me. He, he is the surrogate for me. I, I see his rights being violated, and I see him somehow having the tenacity, the gumption, the, the sense of, I guess you'd call it political and legal courage to stand up to the people that are violating these rights. So what you, what you see happening here is, is, is a strange, um, I don't know, transmutation of the legal and political process where a sitting administration tries to abuse the legal process in order to nobble their political opponent, and in turn, the average American sees the political opponent as not only the underdog, but the defender of their personal rights because of the abuses of this administration. Yeah, I agree. This is a remarkable conversation. Like I said, people have been buzzing about it. We're going to keep this on the front burner because I think a lot of people will be interested in it. I want to turn to a couple other issues. We had a moment in the last few days where Mitch McConnell froze up. We had several moments where Joe Biden appeared to lose his way. He left a Medal of Honor ceremony early, which I think probably was insulting to the recipient, and had some speeches that were incomprehensible. Um, people look and see this large generation of people who've been in politics 50, 60 years, and they're failing, as everyone does when they get older. There's clearly things that happen. What is the political consequence of essentially seeing a all of this play out and shake? You know, there's polling that shows people think, not because of Joe Biden's age, but because of his mental and physical uh, acuity, that he's too old to be president. There seems like there's a political moment like we haven't had in a very long time in American history. I agree with you, John, and I, I want to give this some context. Um, I, 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 I live in, I spend a lot of time in Washington. I have offices there, but I live in a small town in Maine. And there are people in this town that have been 100 years old and as crisp and clear and clean a thinker as anybody in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. However, there are also people who, uh, for whatever reason, fade as they get older. And what we do not want is them making big decisions for us um, about things that really matter, whether it is federal spending, uh, our, our, our individual constitutional rights and how to either maintain or, or, or suppress them, uh, the, the sanctity of the border, what we do in places like with China and Afghanistan and nuclear weapons. We, we do not want these people making those decisions. And I, I say that with a direct and it's, it is a non-political statement. If you really want to know the truth, it's a process statement. The, uh, the founders were clear that they, they needed people of coherence and they imagined that people would have the honor 
in their hearts to say, I'm, I'm not up to this job anymore. I'm going to step aside. The way many Supreme Court justices actually have said to one another as a matter of public record, if you see me failing, I want you to tap me on the shoulder and I'll step out because I don't want to be disserving the country by not being up to the job. But you look at Biden, Feinstein, Fetterman, McConnell, they are all at the edge. You've got, I think you've got 10 senators over 76, Marky Blumenthal, uh, Durbin King, Bernie Sanders, Rice McConnell, Grassley, Feinstein. So these are people who need to be asking that question and others need to be on their behalf asking it for them. I use it, you know what I do, John? I, I call it the babysitter test. Would you leave your kids, you know, hoping that the that the babysitter didn't leave the stove on and burn the house down? Would you leave with Biden or Feinstein or Fetterman or, or any other? Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave my kids or grandkids with anybody like that. And so, and so, what am I going to leave my country to those people? No, of course not. So we do need to get at it, and 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 it needs to be a campaign issue because, uh, listen, it, there's a there's a flow down to this. If Biden were reelected we're probably going to look at a Harris presidency and that would be even worse than one that's guided by a bunch of puppet masters. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't think it's a good thing to have people who are not capable of the job in the job. And you can see Chuck Grassley, he's almost 90, but he's surprised as can be. He still gets up and takes care of hogs on his farm and he's totally healthy, but his close friend, Democrat Diane Feinstein, really feeble right now. And, and it really is, it isn't the age. It's the condition of the mind and the body that matter and, the babysitter test. I think I'm going to remember that all day today. <laughs> well, the other thing, of course, John, that happens is if you if you you know if you don't correct this behavior again, I just want to say there are flow down consequences. It's not a matter of it's it's not a, it's not an ad hominem attack. I am very empathetic and have in my own family people who who come to that point. But I there, there's a point after which what, what is it what is it that Ecclesiastes says there's a there's a season there's a time for every season, right? Yeah. And this is not this is this is not their season anymore. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I got about a minute left. I want to ask one other question. This is unlike any election in American history. And of course, they're all different. But this one has so many unique pressure points. The economy, the age issue, the indictments and the idea of political weaponization going on a really Watergate-sized corruption question lingering over this presidency. How do you see this playing out when, when people go into that booth, starting in the primaries in January and caucuses in January, all the way to November 2024? What do you think is going through their mind when they're about to pull the lever? You know, I, I will just say, as I, as I uh, said on a different program earlier this week, I, I think there are two or three process issues and two or three substantive issues that are going to dominate. On the process side, I think election integrity, I think we would all like to believe, and I think we have reason to believe, that we have solved some of the problems that occurred in 2020 driven by the COVID obsession. And I think so every single state in the country and certainly the leading states and the swing states and the red states have made clear that through election reform, much of which has been driven actually by AMAC. AMAC has worked aggressively at the state level. And when I say AMAC, I don't mean a national organization. I mean, citizens of those states who are by the tens of thousands members of AMAC have consciously gotten together and said, no, we need accountability in these states. So election integrity is number one. And I think we can, we should, not that there aren't going to be people trying to cheat, but that we can believe that our votes are likely to be counted and we need to get in there and, and absolutely encourage everyone that we know to vote for a high integrity candidate. 
So election integrity is number one. I would say that the vice presidential choice in this cycle is going to be important. If Biden is up by 64 in his on his side of the aisle and Trump is up by 60 on his, we are everything's now going to boil down to vice president, because if Trump picks a good a good person at his side or another candidate becomes the Republican nominee and they pick a good one, you can end up with a really strong team as opposed to you've got Biden. And if he stays with Harris, you know, Harris was the first Democrat kicked out by the Democrats in their own primary season. They're not popular and her popularity has not. She's not even popular with the governor of California. (laughs) Yeah, she has not done herself proud, uh, nor any of us proud. So I think that's the second big issue, Vice President. Third parties, truly uh, the third big process issue. And you could have RFK Jr. or uh, Cornell or anybody else, you know, come in there and suck down, uh, you know, votes that that would peel off, uh, would would make the difference in the in the end. On the on the substance side, the economy's got to be number one. We've got uh, we've got the highest interest rates in 22 years, driven by the highest inflation, driven by the highest. Uh, the, the fastest rate of federal debt growth in the history of the country, driven by Democrats that just spent gobs and gobs of money we don't have on things we don't want. And it's uh, hitting everybody right where it hurts. And you had just had the highest unemployment rate since February of 2022. So what you've got when you when you get high inflation, high interest and high unemployment, I don't care what all the investors who are kind of chasing shadows say in the end, that's a unstable foundation for economic growth. And I, you know, one of my graduate degrees is economics. And I'm just going to tell you, it is a, it is a, it is a formula for uh, a weakening of the economy. And we've also got dogs on our heels like China. So that the economy is number one. Uh, People know it, it hurts. People are struggling. Older Americans are struggling. Um, You know, I would say numbers two, three, and four might be the border and rule of law, uh, federal overreach on cultural issues and things where we have always believed, hey, we make the decisions about what stoves we cook on and what what cars we drive and whether our children are going to be told that they're a boy or a girl. We'll we'll make that decision. Thank you. You, You're not going to make that decision for us. And uh, and then the other, you know, the, the last things are we've had a complete collapse of American foreign policy. So from Afghanistan to China and Iran, You've had people giving away the farm. And of course, John, you and I both spend a lot of time every day looking at public integrity issues. And I think we've got a real problem. We haven't gone into it too deeply on this, but, you know, we've got a problem that is Watergate squared. And until I don't see how the Democrats get around it, eventually, I think Democrats are going to begin folding off and becoming kind of like Peter Rodino and Bill Cohen and saying, hey, I, I, my country matters more than supporting this crook. I, I just can't do it anymore. So those are the big ones. There are surprise upsets in American history. And I do think third party candidates uh, can sometimes uh, cap the process. And, and I think that happened, of course, in 92. It, it happened in about half a dozen cases in American history. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to remember that in 1912, Theodore Roosevelt actually beat uh, the Republican candidate, uh, Robert Howard, uh, William Howard Taft and, and allowed uh, Woodrow Wilson to win. So if, if third party candidate comes into this, that could be the, you know, we, we got a room full of elephants, John, and, and I don't know which is the biggest elephant, but, um, there are elephants in the room. Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. Absolutely. Bobby, it's always a great honor to having the show. And I know another great honor. I love being a member of AMAC. It's been the best investment I've ever made. Just just on return on investment, it is. If you want to join Bobby, you want to join me and all the other great folks, millions of Americans that share similar values as you, go sign up today. It's very simple. Go to amac.us, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash 
Just News. You're going to get a discount even on your membership. By the way, once you pay that money, you get it back in discounts like instantly it pays for itself. You get a great monthly magazine, a must reading, daily news, daily intelligence reports from people as wise as Bobby Charles. And you get an opportunity to engage in civic duty things like being an election observer or contacting your legislature or your members of Congress to make this country better. That is what AMAC offers. Join today. All you got to do is go to amac.us, amac.us slash just news. You'll tell me in a couple of weeks. It's the best investment I ever made. I promise you that. Go check it out today. Go match me on my five-year membership. Bobby, great to have you on, my friend. We love you. We can't wait to get you back on next week. And we're going to be chewing on this election interference legal challenge. I think you're on to something that could catch fire pretty soon. Uh, you know, I think all of us as Americans, uh, you know, we have our differences politically, but we want an accountable government. And we certainly want the integrity of our election process to be front and center. And I will say just about AMAC that it's it's not just a an advertising moment here or, or anything else. I worked for Ronald Reagan in his White House. This is the legacy of Ronald Reagan come alive. And you pay, what, $1.25, maybe $1.50 a month uh, if you net it out and you get not only the magazine and all these other economic benefits, as you, you know, one of the things we don't talk about is that like a couple of the other organizations out there that that are kind of on the opposite side of the aisle, we we have the you, you literally make the money back in two or three weeks just by using the, the economic benefits. But the beauty to me is that this really when I wake up in the morning, I go to AMAC, I go for my own edification because this is the place this is one of the best kept but increasingly getting out secrets in the country. You can directly affect the future of the country in this organization. And it happens at the state level. It happens at the local level. Uh, hundreds of thousands of letters, emails, calls are being made by AMAC members. And it's changing. It's, it's preventing bad things from happening, and it's helping good things to happen. And, you know, we, while we live and breathe, we have to be equal to our time. And that's what this helps us to do. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. It's an amazing community. It's not It's not a service you're joining. It's not an association you're joining. You're joining a community. It really is an amazing experience. And conversations like the one we just had are the norm when you engage with AMAC. So go check it out, folks. Bobby, thanks so much for your time. We'll be sure to get you back on real soon, probably next week. We're looking forward to that already. Yeah, thank you, John. You are... You are um you are someone I follow, so keep keep the great work up, and I'm always proud to be on your program. Well, that goes both ways. We really enjoy every minute of the conversation. Folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Mark Serrano, one of the masters of clear communication in Washington, a city that often lacks it. He's going to join us from Proactive Solutions, and you're going to get some wisdom about what messages are working and not working with voters heading into the 2024 election. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean, L-E-A-N, 
Com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So much going on in Washington and in the political world. The election is in full force right now, and all the polling signs are really clear that Joe Biden is in a world of hurt. Three quarters of Americans see the country in the wrong direction. They think he's three quarters think he's too old and to be competent enough to be president. And they're very unhappy with the economy and the impact of inflation, particularly when it comes to the grocery store in the gas station. Our next guest was an advisor to President Trump in 2020. He runs one of the most important communications agencies in America, Proactive Solutions, and he is going to give us an overview of what this election and the messaging is likely to be. Joining us right now, my good friend, Mark Serrano. Mark, welcome back to the show. Hey, John. Thanks so much. Good to hear you. It's good to be with you. There is a lot going on. Donald Trump gets indicted four times and he's more popular than ever. Joe Biden tanks the economy. He's pretty unpopular. Interesting dynamic playing out in the early part of this primary, isn't there? Yeah, I got to tell you, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, I know candidates who are going to run for office next year. And I said, look, you picked the most incredible time in history to run for office. This we, we have, <laughs> John, it blows my mind when I think about what 2024 is going to be like. And largely that's been driven by the Democrats and by the left because of their persecution to Donald Trump, their uh, disgruntlement over him having basically in their mind stolen power from them in 2016. It shocked the world and both Republicans and Democrats, they basically had the apple cart turned over on them by an outsider. And they've never gotten over it. They've been fighting him ever since. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they haven't gotten over it. And he's living rent-free in their head and is driving a lot of decisions that maybe in the beginning of 2025, they're going to look back on and go, ah, that wasn't a good play. That wasn't a good hand that we played. Oh, I agree. And and, and I got to tell you, you know, it, it, the simple message for me that I would advise candidates to embrace first and foremost is go back to Ronald Reagan in 1980. Right. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? Is America in a better place today? And how is it affecting you and your family? And in that one question, Ronald Reagan not only demonstrated that he has empathy for the voters, but he also demonstrated that he believes the voters have wisdom. That black, white, working class, it doesn't matter. The American voters, these are smart people and they they know corruption when they see it. They know crime when they see it. 
They know an open border when they see it, and they know their grocery bills are high, their gas bill is high, their 401k is low. And we've got to start with the economy and how, how we are far worse off than we were. Yeah, that's it. It is. I, we were out in Milwaukee ahead of the debate, and I, I left in the downtown area where the Republican debate was and went into the north side of the city, heavily African-American, heavy working class, and it was all about the economy. I was at a restaurant picking up some food, and people came up and recognized me, and it was, we can't afford our bills. One person came up and said, I was going to take a trip this month before the kids went back to school and we canceled it. They were going to go to Wisconsin Dells, I think, for a three-day weekend because I'm not sure I had enough food for tuition, the grocery bill, and the gas and the car. I would need to go to work next month. And I haven't had to do that in a very long time. And it really annoys them, too. It's really interesting in talking to people at the, the restaurant, particularly. We had a good long hour conversation. Joe Biden going around, this economy sounds great. He's like, no, it's not. Stop telling us that. It's not true. They're getting mad about it. That's what people know better. And 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 those are the real life implications for people. I, I know a pastor in a major city in the United States. He's got a church in the center of that city. He's associated with an HBCU, historically black college uh, in that city. And he and this this is a far left guy. This is a guy who believes in reparations, John. And he said to me, Democrats have abandoned us because of the crime, because of their lack of prosecution, because of their their policies on the economy. They have abandoned us. Now, he said on the flip side, Republicans don't know how to communicate to us. And there, to me, is a major, major opportunity, because with a shift of a few points on the national level of the black vote, you know, this the, the Republican can win next time with just a few point shift. Yeah, no, it really is. And and it's, listen, the communication has always been the key. When Donald Trump ran in 16, you knew exactly what he's going to build that big, beautiful wall. He, that was your way of knowing. He understood that the border was a crisis in your community. The drugs were coming in. If there is a clear, coherent message up and down the ticket, I think this is one of those, has a potential, I think, to be a, a watershed election. Uh, why have Republicans struggled so much in recent years to communicate clearly? Because when you look at the polling, their policies are more popular. Law and order is popular. An uninflated economy is popular. Economic expansion is popular. But they seem to lose the messaging wars, particularly in the social media era. What has gone wrong? Well, I think Republicans read the read the news too much. They they, they worry about what the media thinks of them. Uh, you know, especially traditional establishment Republicans. I mean, they're, they're more concerned about the headline, you know, from the Washington Post or the social media post. Uh, from one of these outlets uh, than they are with the voters. Uh, you know, and I've always noticed this, John, that you look at it as a, at a, at a longtime establishment politician. He's asked a question. You, you've done thousands of interviews. He's asked a question. He or she's asked a question in an interview. They have to think about their answer. They have to process it. You take a look at someone with core convictions, like Donald Trump, for instance, or others like Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, you ask them. They don't have to think about the answer. It's a part of who they are. It's a part of their core conviction. And that's where Republicans have stumbled. They worry about the response. They worry about the reaction from the media. They're calculating in their mind about how many people they don't want to to piss off, as opposed to speaking the truth, relating to people and, and helping them understand we've got better solutions because we believe in the Constitution. We believe in free market practices that the Democrats have abandoned. My goodness, the ACLU used to actually speak up for first speech rights, and now look at them. 
they're just a, another far left platform. Yeah, no, they have lost their entire conviction. Speaking of convictions, the, the ACLU is more about ensuring the Democratic Party's success and ensuring civil rights and civil liberties. It's really remarkable. In Milwaukee, there was a, a young lady I met while at the rest one of the restaurants in I asked, you know, who are you going to vote for? And she gave, I think, the most brilliant answer. I would have never thought it up, but it's a whoever will make America prosperous and safe again. I thought that was such a simple call to action. We used to be prosperous. Now we're not. We used to be safe. Now we're not. If you just fix that, we'll be really happy. It seems like there's a very simple agenda that's powerful for Republicans. Do you think they're coalescing around those ideas? Yes. I mean, I, I think we really can. And, and frankly, I think the sooner people recognize uh, who's going to be on top of this ticket, uh, the better we can all rally behind them from donors to people down the ballot, um, because that is we have a record to run on. You know, it's been 100 years since we had a former president running and, and, and as the, the front runner running for president again. We have a terrific record to run on. Everybody knows we're gonna, what they're going to get. Uh, if Donald Trump comes back into the White House. And so prosperity and security. Moms and dads, they're worried about what's being taught in the kids in school, and they're worried about what the kids will be exposed walking home from school. It's Those are the things that, and at the same time, they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to afford the next grocery bill. So this is kitchen table stuff, and Republicans can absolutely connect with those voters from an empathetic standpoint and demonstrate we've got the answers. It's so simple, and yet it seems so hard sometimes, but there's such a clear compass on what will amount to election success. It's, you have to watch and see if those candidates pick up. I think you get the right messaging, and it certainly connects with the conversations I've had when you get outside of Washington, what people are really looking at. I want to turn to something that is always powerful in presidential politics. A lot of the people, that candidates that people vote for, down ticket, aren't that a personal decision? But when we go to vote, the president always is a very personal decision. And when a president like Joe Biden is now caught lying, not once, not twice, but five, six, seven times about just what went on in his family. And my family didn't get money from China. Yes, it did. Even Hunter Biden was going to plead to it. That laptop was Russian disinformation. No, it never was. It was confirmed by the FBI. And you go through all the lies. I never talked to my son's business partners. Yes, you did. I never coordinated any anything with my son in his business. Well, an email came out this morning from James Comer that did. When a president lies that often, and the evidence of the falsehood is so clear, it's unequivocal, does that accumulate into a distrust factor that will hurt this president in the next re-election? Yeah, if you go back to the uh, primaries in 2020, uh, you know, the, the party bosses basically shoved Bernie Sanders aside, and they did it with James Clyburn endorsing Joe Biden, uh, which is exactly why they're rewarding South Carolina by, by making that the first Democrat primary state for 2024. Um, and, and they really, boy, boy, did the Democrats really buy into Joe Biden's bull that he has lived off of for five decades, uh, which is he's good old to Scranton Joe. But the, but, the, but the accumulation of data, John, just look, people need to know they got to go to justthenews.com. If they want to know what's happening with the email scandal or any of these other major breaking news, John, your, your reporting is you are at your best. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've got a long career in history, but I don't miss it because I know how to stay informed. Just the letter today from Comer demonstrates that it looks like NARA, National Archives, is covering for Joe Biden. This is the same agency 
that triggered the raid of Mar-a-Lago last summer. And now they look like they're covering up for Joe Biden. But this accumulative, uh, accumulative effect for Joe Biden between the creepy behavior, the, the, the lies about his son and how he died, uh, the behavior in front of Gold Star families just last week. Uh, uh, I mean, just yesterday. In Walking front of out a, on the Medal of Honor winner. Medal of Honor winner. Yeah. I mean, this, this accumulative effect, you know, people need to contemplate. Would you trust Joe Biden? babysitting your grandkids. Would you trust him in a business deal? This, these are the sort of questions we need to raise about him at this point, because that vote is personal. And when you put it on that personal level, I think people will take that, that cumulative effect of all these revelations. And we're just, you uh, are just scratching the surface. I mean, we, we get uh, uh, empower oversight, uh, you know, with uh, Jason Foster, I'm sure that, you know, from from NARA to the, the people responsible for setting up the, the email accounts, we're going to get whistleblowers come forward. And if you take a look at Hillary Clinton's problems, you know, those and and uh, th- those were late in the game. If you take a look at the Hunter Biden revelations and the laptop from October of 2020, that was late in the game. These revelations, John, are very, very early in the 24 cycle. And I think you're just getting started. You're just getting warmed up. And this cumulative effect, I think, is going to have a very damaging effect uh, on Joe Biden and a big impact on voters for that very personal decision they're going to make. I'm going to go Shakespeare for just a second. To impeach or not to impeach, what advice would you give House Speaker Kevin McCarthy? I I think, uh, you know, this business about making arguments about, well, to get blocked in the Senate and so forth. No, I think you have to make a stand. And I think you have to impeach. I think the information that's come forward, thanks to your reporting, thanks to James Comer, thanks to Jim Jordan, uh, I think is something that is their obligation and their constitutional duty to act on. And by going through the impeachment process, we will learn more and we will force people to take a stand. We'll force them to take a vote, even some Republicans who might not all be on board. But I think it's time to step up. I think Mayorkas needs to be impeached. I think Joe Biden needs to be impeached. And let's do it now. Let's do it. I mean, my goodness, in January of 2021, they ran an impeachment through within a couple of weeks. Let's run it through now before the election year. But I I think there's a duty and an obligation on Kevin McCarthy's part to support the caucus and uh, those in the caucus like Matt Gates, who are fearless enough to say we've got to hold them accountable. This, This is what else do we do with this power that the people have entrusted with Republicans within the House, John? What else should we do with it? But to use the power that we have to continue to uncover what appears to be the most corrupt administration in history. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really interesting to to see the uh, the opportunity. And you know, the, the some of the Trump impeachments were described as drive by impeachments, and we now know why because they were so short of evidence. When you found out what the other evidence was, you go, "Oh, we would never done the impeachment." There's a real opportunity for Republicans to do this the right way. And the first step isn't impeachment. It first step is do an inquiry and find if there's reason to create articles. And that seems like such a small step. And yet Republicans have been paralyzed really for the whole summer talking about it without coming up with an answer. It should be a lot easier to figure that out. It'd be interesting to see if when they're all back in town next week, whether there's some clarity on it. Cause I think they look weak if they just keep saying we're talking about it. You talk or act, do it one or the other. Well, if you look at if you look at the other side, I mean, John, <laughs> we've been around a long time. The lawlessness that we've been witnessing these last couple of years is mind blowing. And so let's just get tough. I mean, just follow the rule of law. 
but get tough and take some chances and some risks for Pete's sake, because that's what the people expect. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly right. Uh, there is an expectation. Uh, they, they put these guys in not to hear, oh, the Democrats have two thirds of government. They didn't care. They want a Republican in charge or do something with it. And the moment is sitting there for them to take it. I want to pivot to something else. Among the many great skills in clients and work you do, you represent Real America's Voice, where I'm lucky to have a TV show. Last week, I think I may have experienced the most extraordinary thing. I woke up at six in the morning to a phone call from our, our good colleague, Rob Sig, and the team. And the, there was a story in the Daily Beast that said that I was under investigation for doing a fake interview with President Trump. It's all hysterical because it really was President Trump. And the person they were quoting, they claim was Rob Sig, wasn't. It turns out the fake story was not the interview. The interview turned out to be really Donald Trump. The Daily Beast actually got duped by somebody the idea that journalism has gotten to that point where at two in the morning they put out a story without doing the due diligence, as someone who's a professional in the communications, it's got to be really frustrating to see the 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 really that it's beyond negligence now. It's it's gross misconduct in our in this news media profession. Well, you know, you you told me a long time ago that when you speak to uh, young uh, aspiring journalists, you know, you instruct them that uh, no one's really objective. But your job as a journalist is to be neutral, and the, which has always stuck with me because I think that's so profound with today's news media. And no one's neutral anymore, practically. Even the Associated Press, my goodness, they're I off a cliff. I hardly recognize the place I worked for 20 years. Exactly. So the Daily Beast is, look, they're far left, of, of course. And so they're just going to do a hatchet job any chance they get. I, I too, read that before 6 a.m. Uh, and, and, and my eyes popped out because... What what the Daily Beast didn't realize was if they ever got a quote from uh, from Real America's Voice, it would come through. It was going to come through you. It would, yeah, it would come through me. And on top of that, it sure as heck wouldn't be the owner because we wouldn't grace the Daily Beast with with that honor. And so uh, it was. But here's what I said to uh, to their uh, to their editor, which is here's the problem. Two two big problems. One is you can tell me all about how you got a number and the reporter texted. The, re the reporter did not do his due diligence. He didn't do fundamental journalism by double checking the source. He texted. I know young people text today, right? It's all, it's all that they do. But in journalism, you can't just rely on a text. And the second thing was that they didn't just make an error. They didn't just um, quote someone uh, from a bad source. They used such a damning quote that if they knew if they knew Real America's voice and they knew their source, the, the owner of the network, they would have known he would have never said such things. But what they said in that quote was damaging. It was very it was damaging to you, damaging to Real America's voice. And they look, they took a half measure, John. All they did was update their story. Then then they rewrote it Yeah, and they didn't retract it. And, and, you know, that is the measure of integrity. If they had any integrity at all, a shred of integrity, they would have said, look, this story was based on a completely false premise. So the entire story is false and must be retracted. And they refused and they didn't. So it's, it's a real commentary on where the media stands today. This incident that we experienced on Friday is so mind blowing and extraordinary. Were they duped? Did they get suckered by somebody to believe that they really were getting a text, um, you know, from someone without verifying it? Were they involved in producing that? I have no idea, but it was just so blatantly uh, uh, false and damaging 
Uh, I just think that media has got to be held accountable for these things. Yeah, no, it is. And, and um, there's, their explanations simply don't add up even to this point now. It's pretty remarkable. And, um, well, it's going to be something that well, uh, we they don't, keep they don't know you well enough either, John. They don't know <laughs> you well enough because, you know, you, you, you're, you're nuts and bolts. You're old school and you, you, you know, you, you know. And so when you're the subject of fake news, you know, you're going to get to the bottom of it. We are. We have to. It's good for the country to find out what happened, because really it, this was not only it was clearly injurious to Real America's Voice, injurious to me. It's injurious to the Daily Beast readers because they get told a bogus story and then they get whipsawed and they don't even get an honest whipsaw and they get a partial whipsaw. It's bad for the readership of the Daily Beast that their editors don't have the courage to do the right thing and say, we got it wrong and we're retracting the story. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and and to the editor's credit, she, you know, she, she was uh, she she was very engaging. She she came to me through the day, yeah, and uh, w- was trying to get to the bottom of it. But I think still just taking a half measure to 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 correct it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Well, we're going to learn a lot more from that one. It was fun watching you in action, though. You did uh, quick work to get that story uh, fixed in some way, at least, and get the truth out to the American people so that we didn't spend Labor Day weekend thinking that we had interviewed a fake Donald Trump. We knew we had a real Donald Trump, but it was great work on your part. Well, and truth is the commitment. We were committed to the truth. The bottom line is in this election, in media coverage, the truth is what we got to fight for. I agree. John Katsimatidis, who's a, a great entrepreneur, created one of the great grocery chains in the world and now owns WAC Radio. He always says when I'm on a show, all Americans want is just the truth. You don't have to color. Just give them the truth. They're smart enough to figure it out. And uh, it seems today that the industry has a hard time with that. Mark, you do amazing work. I mean, I literally, I, I, I've come in contact with scores of uh, communications professionals every day. You really are one of the greatest I've ever worked with in Washington. If people want to learn more about what you do uh, and uh, what happens at Proactive Strategies, which, by the way, is a fantastic firm, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? No, it's so great, John. I, I'm I'm grateful for the chance to talk to you today, and we'll, uh, right back at you. But uh, you can find me on social media on Twitter at Mark V. Serrano. V is in victory. Mark V. Serrano and uh, Getter Truth Social at Serrano S E R R A N O and online proactivecommunications.com. Thanks for that, John. Uh, listen, it's a great firm. It does amazing work. We've intersected with you guys on so many important stories over the years, and. We get facts and common sense and, and none of the BS spin, which is, you know, when you're a reporter rushing through things, it's great to be working with someone that's got their facts straight. And all the folks at Proactive Strategies are, are really remarkable. And it starts. Well, with I'm honored, John. Very honored. Thank you so much. And uh, this has been fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah. Uh, look, we we got a wild ride ahead, John, this next year. And I uh, look forward to being in that front seat with you. Yeah, same here. It's a great honor. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. 
Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. A big thank you to Mark Serrano, a big thank you to Bobby Charles, and to all my friends at AMAC. Remember, if you want to join AMAC and support them like I do, say thank you for them supporting Just the News. Go to amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash justnews. You're going to get a discount on a five-year membership, a three-year membership, one-year membership, whatever you choose. I recommend five. It's the best bargain, and it will instantly pay itself back in the discounts that you get. This is the alternative conservative alternative to AARP. I'm a member. I love it. It pays for itself many times over with discounts and news and other things that you're going to get, plus the chance to engage in civic duty here in America as an election observer or as someone who gets a chance to talk to members of Congress or members of your state legislature. All of that comes just by joining my good friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens, people like Bobby Charles, amac.us slash justnews, amac. US slash just news. That's all it takes. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just News. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll have another big scoop tomorrow. So buckle your seatbelt. We're not done yet. We got some big reporting coming out of the gates the next few days. Until then, God bless you and have a good night. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.